Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's More Over podcast. The only rugby podcast gives you all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. And the accent of a man that's shoving dominoes into his face. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be eating consistently through this podcast so everyone can just deal with it. <laughs> Welcome, Lensman, as you may have heard. Uh, our resident eye in the sky, our eye in the stands, who has actually seen half of the Premiership play this weekend, which is uh, is a rarity, isn't it? With a mouthful of pizza. Um... Yeah, not a rarity. I see quite oh, a lot of rugby every week. Yeah, but three game, three games to work Friday, Saturday, and oh, Sunday yeah. for you yeah. is a rarity. Maybe why, yeah. why you can afford dominoes. Yeah. yeah, just just making it rain. <laughs> humble, humble brag. I bet he's not got to create your own either, has he? Got a half and a half in it. Half and half. Texas barbecue pepper. Oh, of course, of course, you have Texas rolling, barbecue. rolling like a pump. Next, next, <laughs> next, you'll be saying you have some fucking pineapple on it. Dickhead. As if I would um, have pineapple on a pizza. Well, you got barbecue sauce, mate. What's the matter What's with that? Well, it's not pizza, is it? Well, it clearly is pizza. It's... it's it's not, mate. Barbecue sauce as a base on a pizza just is not is not for real. It's really nice though. It's Every not... day I hate you a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well maybe you can buy some pizza next weekend. But we'll not come on to that. that. You can buy it. <laughs> you can buy it. I bet you're brilliant at ordering pizza. I've got plenty of experience, which may shock you. Um, and I'm also joined uh, by the compassionate one, the the sense of the podcast, the one who keeps us level and grounded. Ben, how you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Thanks. Good, good. Quite uh, fancy pizza now. Yeah, it's too late for pizza. Who eats pizza at nine o'clock? You, probably you. You go to bed. You go to bed with it laying heavy on your stomach. And Russ, I bet you've always got a slice of emergency pizza in your bedside <laughs> table. In the cabinet, in an emergency break glass. That, yeah, every every, every night's that, an emergency. Tracy, Tracy, get me some pizza. I'm out in my drawers. The worst thing is, I live in a like a delivery vortex. So <laughs> then, like, 
where we live, we live we're about sort of seven or eight miles outside of Newquay, and we're about ten miles from St Austell, and nowhere, absolutely nowhere delivers here. Unless you want a curry and pay like eight pounds for delivery, you've got to you, you've got to suck it up and drive and get it yourself. Yeah, but that's not because of the distance from anywhere. That's because they don't want the locals to kill and eat them on their way through. Oh, steady, <laughs> steady away. Um, right. I think there was some rugby going on this weekend. Um, lots of Premiership action. Although, again, this higgledy piggledy season where nobody really knows. Uh, what's going on has taken a new turn and we managed to finally see what Saracens would be like had they not been breaking the salary cut for two years or three well, years however long um, but we'll come on to that a little bit later as well uh, let's start with a bit of rugby chat for for the local people um, Nuki Hornets Ben did they did they lose in the national vase yesterday did you find out yeah, it was it was the cup they they um they got quite far in last year and um they went to Exeter and played one of the um the the other clubs in Exeter. We haven't quite got on to playing the Chiefs yet. Um and lost 12-10. Um but I I can remember going to an away match at that ground and losing 88-0, so I think 12-10 is probably uh probably well we'd have taken it that day anyway. Yeah. I remember going to Burnham on Sea from Newquay. And playing Burnham on Sea and getting beat 106 0. That was a, a fun time. But yeah, at least we had Andy Burbage on. Crash Ball 10, yeah. Crash Ball 10. And I played against another Crash Ball 10 who, had play, who was like probably 10 years older than me at the time. But he was an absolute baller and he just made me look ridiculous. Wasn't, which... he, wasn't he a Fijian? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. He was probably about 45 at the time and just absolutely ran the show it's a joke um but there you go i was pretty poor anyway and i was really really fat fat as i am now Doug. <laughs> <laughs> i thought i'd get that in first um right uh let's get on to the premiership some shock results this weekend with both northampton uh losing at london irish which is probably your you know like your new home ground now doug isn't it? You, you must be closer to london irish than than anywhere else yeah. It's actually actually Salarysons. Is it Salarysons? Oh no, that's that that must make you feel a little bit dirty. Um, but your beloved Northampton Saints were gunned down by London Irish on Friday night. A little bit of indiscipline from the guy whose name I can't pronounce. Um, oh, it wasn't really indiscipline, was it? It was a marginally mistimed tackle. Well, the guy was on his knees, wasn't he? Who, who did he hit? Who was the, the London? I can't remember the London Irish guy who was he hit, but you know, he was already going down or even down. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be so eggy about it if it didn't happen twenty-five times in every game. That's true. You know, that's true. It's just, it's just a bit nonsensical, really. And um, yeah, I don't think it costs us the game. Jesus Christ, what have you just sent me there, Ben? <laughs> that is, that Russ, is that Russ wearing a fat suit? <laughs> for, for, the benef- for the benefit of the tape, um, Ben has just sent Doug a photograph of what I used to look like. Is Russ when his head was the right way up? <laughs> um, and I'll tweet it. We'll tweet it. We'll tweet it for those, uh, those who are interested with Sorry, some, con- um, some context. Yeah, look... Um... If you listened, have listened to the last few match reports or 
watched the last few Saints games. I think they've been treading a thin line between getting a pasting and winning. And um, I think this week they didn't manage to bring it back. They they sort of... Henry Taylor got charged down twice in quick succession, one for the losing losing try. Um, I don't know. I think they're not playing well. But again, hasn't really cost them because Exeter fucked their lives up this week as well, didn't they? So They did. And, and that kind of leads me on to a bit of a wider question before we talk a, too much more about sort of the action. Is that the fact that London Irish are now safe from relegation, that must have been something that was really heavy on their on their minds when they approach every game in almost a, you know, let's pick up losing bonus points where we can, you know, let's give ourselves the best possible chance, let's keep things tight. Is this a view of what the Premiership could look like if it was ring-fenced? God, I hate that argument. It's, it's just a question. It's just bullshit. Why is it bullshit? Do you not think it would change the way teams approach approach different games now, or approach no. games in general? No, because DRs are still not going to want to lose. They're still no, not going to want to consistently finish at the bottom, are they? No, but there's no consequence. There's, now there is, there's no consequence for London Irish to get beat. Of course there's consequence. The consequence and the jeopardy comes from people not wanting to lose their jobs. But if there's no, if they're not going to get relegated for the rest of this season, that for London, if they're, getting, Irish, if they're getting humped every week, yeah, they're still going to want to play tight, aren't they? So they stop getting humped because no one wants to get humped every week because then you don't get another contract or the DOR gets fired. It, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I just think it, it has to has to have an impact with the way that that certain teams are going to approach their games for the rest of the season. And we can use Leicester, Bath, um, Quinns to a certain extent, the way they play today, um, Wasps, Worcester, you know, teams that probably you wouldn't think were nailed on for top six, so out of champion or Champions Cup contention. Now, are we gonna are we gonna see more teams play a bit more Gung ho is what I'm, I suppose what I'm getting at. More kicks to the corner, more sort of devil may care rugby because of that lack of. Actually, it doesn't matter if we don't get a losing bonus point because, or it doesn't matter if we don't win because we're not going to get relegated. Well, so Bath, they, Bath and Leicester really opened the taps, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, Doug, Doug can tell us about that in a minute. But Bath, Bath's pitch gets worse and worse and worse every single season. I am. Um, uh, I, I, I know we've you. had a lot of rain, but. Pitches don't matter, it's rugby. I just okay. totally agree with Doug. They're still going to try and win the game. And if you're going to lose the game by throwing it around like, like an idiot, they ain't going to do it. Yeah, so I'm not, saying, I'm not saying throw it around like an idiot. What I'm saying is, will you, are you going to find teams making more of an effort to go for it when they could take an easy three points to tick along in a game. Will we find more teams going to the corner? Will we find more teams actively, sh- actively showing more endeavour to win than not to lose? No, you're just going to have more shit games. 
in what with nothing, way? With nothing riding on nothing it. Nothing riding on it. Nobody caring. And that's where and that's where players my point... try players try not to get injured. It's gonna be it's gonna be shit. And that's where my initial question around is this a view of what the premiership could and would look like if ring fencing was introduced? Is it that sort of view of what we're looking at now? That's that was the initial question. No. Bad teams are going to be bad teams, and bad teams can't play open, expansive rugby. But but that's not the, the that's not the it's not the point I'm making, which is with no fear of relegation, this is the equivalent of ring fencing to a certain extent, because there is no consequence for Worcester, London Irish, Leicester, Bath, Quinns, whoever it might be. I'm deliberately just leaving out. Gloucester, Exeter, and Northampton, because that's the most unlikely scenario, and and saying, well, actually, with with there being no relegation in theory, because Saracens are being relegated, it is the equivalent of having a ring fenced Premiership because next season, I, 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 Russ, I understand that, mate. I don't but, understand that, but. I don't. I don't think it's like this magic potion to all of a sudden turn the Premiership into Super Rugby. But could it? No, because of the the way that because of the jeopardy of losing your job. I don't think no one's going to say, "Oh, well, we're not going to sack our DOR because he's not going to get relegated." But we've been humped thirteen times this year. But at least we're throwing the ball around. I would say from a a business perspective let's yeah if you if you're throwing a ball around and playing slightly more attacking rugby and having a go for it and and trying to win matches rather than stay in them or not lose them if that for any way brings people through the gate and i'm not saying it will i'm just talking i'm just talking hypothetically (laughs) people that like 100 cricket yeah yeah and the pro bowl yeah. But but that's but what I'm, people if they if they if you've got a club that's trying to be a business as well and get people through the gate and encourage people to come and see excited attacking rugby, then why why do they need to have a high turnover of staff etc cetera, etc cetera, when there's when the business might be thriving and there's no threat of of that dying off because there's no relegation. Judging by Twitter, I think a, a sounder business solution from Premiership Rugby would to, before every game, get a Saracens player in stocks and just let players, uh, let fans just throw rotten vegetables at them. Honesty, integrity, respect. Yeah, just let them do that. Humility. And uh, that would bring oh, people hospitals. in through the doors. And then, um, you know, they, they can kick the corner or not, really. They're, they're there already, aren't they? Yeah. I just... Why... why... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought we were talking about Northampton London Irish. Yeah. Well, we were, and we we kind of evolved it because London Irish won the game, and the pressure's off London Irish now, and that's a kind of, I suppose, a little bit of of a different angle of what I was getting, trying to get at is that there's no there's no you know London Irish were expected to struggle around the bottom, be there for there and thereabouts relegation now. For them, all the pressure is off. It doesn't matter what happens to them for the rest of the season now. 
Or it might have just been they played really well. And they, they did. Played, they might have played really well anyway. It, they played very well and Saints played badly. I didn't watch it, so I wouldn't know. But I'm, I'm surmising. Well, if, you, if you'd shut up for a minute and stop talking about ring fencing, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then. No, I don't want to now. Just because Northampton lost. No. Um, Irish were very good. And, and for a team that, by your reckoning, have got no jeopardy and, and pressure's off, the intensity they played with belied that. They they just... And this is the worry for me about Saints. I think they're getting a bit of a reputation as a team that can be bullied. And teams are coming in just sticking it on them straight away and trying to, uh, you know, push them around. Um, and that's not a recipe for playoff success. So much like you could argue that certain NFL teams are regular season teams. Yeah. In that, you know, they can... Like the Saints. The Saints are a bit of a regular season team. They look great when they're beating up teams that only can prepare for a week. You know, um, Drew Brees throwing the ball around all over the place. Get them into playoff football, they suddenly become a different animal. I think that might be the case with, with Saints. But Saints is still a quite a young, inexperienced, oh, no. growing yeah, team, but that's, aren't they? That's why, the rep- that's why they're being pushed around, I think. And, I mean, apparently we've signed Kapoku, and, although that's not confirmed, and, and, well, I, and Nick, I... Nick Autorak is coming next year. Yeah. And, that, and it, those two signings kind of worry me a bit because they are just, you know, very good players, and Autorak's a big boy. and He's whatever, not played much they're... rugby, Autorak, is no, he, in the last but they're, couple they're... of years? They're just not, they're not what you class as, you know, um, big angry blokes, are they? No, but I mean, you you got the, the Franks brothers propping up the front but row. Yeah, but, they're, they're, but they're both past it. Ben Ben Franks was past it two years ago playing for London Irish. He's on a, he's on a victory lap with his brother. The, the concern for me would be more around the fact that your best player for the last two years, Reinach, is off in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got you know the young nines coming through, but Reinach single-handedly won you a number of games in the last eighteen months or so, hasn't he? Yeah, but all all of our game plan goes through him, and also I disagree that he's been head and shoulders our best player. Really? I would say that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when Bigger's played, he's been immense. Yeah. Um, and Piers Francis has been amazing as well. Fair and enough. Back, like, Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah. They've all played well, but right... Uh, you know, in my, other, in my old podcast, there was a certain member that... Um, like shiny things. So if if it shines and it's big and flashy and you can see it from, from space, it must be the best thing since sliced bread. And because Ryanak does grab the headlines, he scores amazing tries and he is a brilliant you know, he's a brilliant player. But he's very visible, isn't it? It's very yeah. front and centre. You could say the same about Faf de Clerk, couldn't you? It's, yeah, it's very exactly. 
exactly. in your in your face type. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I like my brilliance to be a little bit harder to find. Richard Hill level brilliance. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you must love this podcast. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if you are listening and you like your brilliance hidden, please uh, let us know. Because, again, <laughs> you probably won't find it for the next three quarters of an hour or so. Um, let's, uh, let's move on. You, Doug, were at the wreck yesterday as well for mm-hmm. Bath versus Leicester. Type of game, Ben, I would imagine you would have really enjoyed a 13-10 thriller was it a, was it a 13-10 little with mistakes or a 13-10 that was real about, tight the best thing about the experience yesterday was the retro cafe breakfast that i had <laughs> what in was, in the center of bath which was jolly nice and there's a, a lovely little tap house slash brewery thing next to the uh, bath club shop which i haven't noticed before which was um dispensing some very good medicine <laughs> and that was that was the uh, your entire review of your trip to Bath. Yeah, it the... was a filthy match played between two bang average teams um, in a grey, misty, drizzly, just gipping day. Really, Ben. Question. Question for you regarding Bath. Obviously, Doctor Roberts. Um, has gone to the Stormers and you've bought in Josh Matavesi, which I think is a, a really good sign in as yeah. far as utility bats go. Without going too far into salary cap type stuff, a player leaving mid-season of Jamie Roberts ilk, and we all know that Jamie Roberts hasn't been at his best probably for the last couple of years, injuries and, and age and the fact that he's got a massive head catching up with him. Um, do you think there's an element of an element of salary shuffling that's gone on there to allow him to leave mid-season? Um, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I don't do, know. do you think he would have been a marquee? They, they've got um, uh, Falatau, who oh, we, would have to we, be marquee. Are we going back to the ever-popular marquee player speculation? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a popular feature. Um, well... I guess they're paying him X amount of pounds, which, bearing in mind he's got nearly 100 caps for Wales, is probably going to be a lot of money, regardless of his status. If he's not perhaps delivering what they were hoping he would, which I think it's fair to say he didn't, um, then whether it's you know to balance the books for an audit or whether it's just because they want to get another player in in the summer, then perhaps that is the case that they've they've, they've moved him on and you know to be to be honest if you're <clears throat> Jamie Roberts isn't your to your standard rugby player is he he's, he's gone to uni while he's been playing and I, you'd imagine oh, going is to it, South... he's a he's a doctor of medicine mate exactly mate played in the varsity and, and and you'd think that going to South Africa probably is quite a enticing option at, at, at his age I mean I'm talking about him like he's 400 he's younger than me but you know I don't really blame him. I don't really blame Bath either. Um, no. Just a shame. I think Falatau has picked up another injury. I don't know how bad that is. Um, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, I, I must admit, I assume this game was going to be um, the broadcast game in the af- in the afternoon because you know Bath v Leicester would always would always be in you know years gone by. I mean, 
it does sound like it was it would have been the equivalent of sort of televising one of those tramp fights that they (laughs) (laughs) bum was it like bum fighting yeah um so you know but it's a it's a great win for bath it puts them in the top six so which is well yeah utterly mental until harlequins win today yeah i mean they're, they're hard to beat in in at home i think in in that sort of bog they've got a big big front five um which which sets them in good stead in bad you know bad conditions um they're not a great side at the moment but they're, pro- they're definitely well well they're not going to go down are they yeah, i was going to say they'll definitely win enough points not to go down but they don't have to worry about that now uh but it's definitely not making them go uh all out attack by the looks of it which is they've, um they've brought in spencer on loan by the sounds of it i don't know when well, that, he'll arrive that well um i heard from a what i would consider a pretty reliable source that that is not a loan deal really okay so Spencer and I also there's also mootings of um the Zoski yeah. as well. More well, likely sale from what I'm hearing. Wow. The man imagine, the imagine if they could compete financially. <laughs> sale. Imagine that. They, how many South Africans will they have to chop to get Alex Lazowski in? <laughs> They'll just make him South African. <laughs> coal pack. Should they have some coal pack yeah. players in, in, in sale? I never, um, I never understood Colpac. What was the deal with Colpac? Oh God, I wish I knew. Um, wasn't he a bold detective that used to suck lollipops? <laughs> I got you, baby. Oh, it's Kojak, wasn't it? Uh, well, you never met his wife, did you? Was she? Was she in the cellar? Yeah, that's the one. Well, it? No, you're thinking of Colombo, mate. <laughs> Right, so the Colpack ruling is a European Court of Justice ruling, which you won't have to abide by next this week. This sounds like a cool story, bro. <laughs> handed, <laughs> handed down on the 8th of May 2003 in favour of Maros Kolpak, a Slovak, a Slovak handball player, <clears throat> and it's declared that citizen, citizens of countries which have signed European Union Association agreements have the same right of freedom to work movement within the EU as EU citizens. So... Like overseas, so they, in county championship terms, they don't class as overseas players. So they class, they were classed as you know just normal run of your mill county championship players. So they, so you could have Graham Smith and Jack Callis, as well as Sachin Tendulkar and I don't know Mitchell Stark, for instance, or you know Shane Warne. If you, yeah, I should like... imagine. I should imagine Surrey went down that. I road. mean, I stopped listening two and a half minutes ago. That that team you just said did sound like Saracens Cricket Club, though, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They've been known to play a bit of cricket, Saracens, haven't they? They have the anyway. Um, enough about Saracens for a minute. What were we talking about before we start talking about copper? Oh, sale and their ability to compete financially. Yeah, Alex Zosky to sale is an interesting one. Um, well, they keep all their. All their backs keep um, wanting to be Irish, don't they? True. Off over there. Yeah, but now they've got obviously about seventeen Dupree brothers. One only one of them's a forward, I think. Well, they got two forwards. Eight. They've got they've got the James brothers. They they like a bit of. I nearly said they love a bit of incest in sale. That would have gone <laughs> down well, wouldn't it? Um, I didn't mean that normally, but obviously they've got a lot of of sibling pairings. It's sale, should we say, rather than 
whether they incest. like to copulate with each other, which is entirely false. Um, oh God, that was a rabbit hole. Don't even know. I managed to get myself into that, and I've lost my trailer thought, which is that, amazing podcasting. That, that that went that went full partridge, didn't it? I'd just like to clarify, I do not suggest anyone at sale indulges in incest. <laughs> that is a fact. I would like to confirm that. And and as I was saying all that stuff, you know, as you're saying stuff and you think, I probably I wish I was it. shutting up now. Yeah, yeah, I wish I was shutting up now. Why, and, why am I still talking? And then and then you've got nothing to sort of you kind of think, right, I've got to stop. And then but you've got nothing in your brain to back it up with, like to just come out and move things forward, which is sometimes why... Russ in, nothing in his brain shocker. (laughs) Milsom, you ignorant! (laughs) 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 Anyway, um, let's talk about Sale, because Sale uh, went to Sandy Park yesterday and took away a victory, which not many people predicted. Um, Rob Baxter said that Exeter basically got everything they deserved from a really poor first-half performance... Uh, an interception try right on half time from McGuigan put sale 22 5 up. Um, Exeter, who, you know, let's be honest, have still got quite a few of their stars, although I think uh, Joe Simmons was banned. Um, Noel is injured, Slade's injured, etc. Um, had no answer for, for sales physicality in that first half boil accounts. And it just, uh, they had left themselves too much to do. So with both Exeter losing. And uh, who else? Jesus, I'm having a shocker. Um, that left the door open for Gloucester to to come in and, and do some business. Um, but Ben, they got beat up by a, a very good Bristol team. Um, and Stephen Jones doing his best to, to make friends at, at Bristol. Now Saracen's uh, going down. He's trying, to, he's trying to get crawl into Steve Lansdowne's arse, isn't he? Well, I haven't, right? seen, I haven't seen that because I'm blocked. Yeah, well, the, so. the tweet was, it was around uh, excellence from Purdy and, and O'Connor, I think it was, um, and then suggested John Afoa, oh, Luatua, I should say, Purdy and Luatua, and then suggesting John Afoa is the best overseas signing ever to play in the Premiership. Can we just go over that for a moment? Yeah. John Afoa, who was let go by Gloucester two years ago yeah. for being too shit. <laughs> is the best overseas signing ever in a premiership that Carlos Spencer has played in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't don't get me started on Carlos Spencer. Why not? Because he's rubbish. Oh wow. Wow. Think things are about Hot to take from Ben. Think, <laughs> think things are about to get pretty tasty. <laughs> Carlos Spencer's rubbish. Yeah, that Maradona was shit and all, weren't he? <laughs> What 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 basis have you got with Carlos Spencer with shit, Ben? Because he went missing in big games and just couldn't be bothered tackling. Wow. Like that's, any that, good ten should. That, that that's <laughs> that's right up there with with someone saying that uh, Maro Atoje is horrifically <laughs> over overrated and doesn't deserve the money that he's been getting from um, appearances that may or may not have happened at events. What was the other one called that was a bit like Carlos Spencer? Played for Australia. No. Ooh. I have to narrow that down for Australian 10s, mate. Australian 10 loved a long pass, couldn't tackle. 
Well, again, you're gonna have to narrow that down. Yeah, Curtly no. Beale. No, no, before that. Anyway, I'd rather have Danny Carter than uh, Carlos Spencer, surely. Oh, of course, but he never played in the Premiership, so yeah. he's he's ineligible for selection for this particular category. Um, right. I bet all three of us could come up with five players better than John Afoa that are currently playing in the Premiership and oh, cur- better currently. oversized overseas players. Well, I think I think you said it right when you said that um, John Afoa isn't even the best overseas player to play at Bristol. You know, probably, probably not even the best overseas prop at Bristol. <laughs> I mean, you could you could stick Piatal, Luatua, both in both in that category, not in the prop category, obviously. Um, overseas, I mean, you know, Nick Evans was a great Premiership player, wasn't he? You know, although not amazing on the international stage. You know, Stephen Donald played for Bath for a bit, Ben. <laughs> well, they've got. I, I mean, from one perspective, you could say, but due to his. The amount of years he's played here, but then what about Francois Lowe? Yeah, yeah, I mean, or... that's a shout. Um, yeah, Lowe, um, what was the guy at Saracens that tackled with his face? Burger, Brits, Burger. yeah, Brits. Um, thinking of both, both burgers, Pat Howard, Bruce Rayhana, Pat Lamb, yeah, um, uh, the American. At Saints. Oh, Chris Wiles. Oh, at Saints. Oh, Saints. The Ameri- Oh, um, Samuel Manoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. And what what with, counts with... as an import? You got Welsh. You got. Yeah. I mean, what what we're rapidly learning is that Stephen Jones is a mewling tart. <laughs> he is a moron. He is a moron, and he and 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 he is he's literally becoming just like a shock DJ. Like he he's basically a main, and and I mean this with the greatest amount of affection because I I really do like JB's content, but he's like a mainstream JB. <laughs> you know what I mean? Has, has anybody has anybody checked Operation U Tree for Stephen Jones? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be careful he'll get the Sunday Times legal department on you <laughs> he might do mate but he won't listen to this um, but and I'm also not suggesting he's done anything because you know people have been cleared for Operation u it's just a suggestion <laughs> um, can I just can I just uh, make a confession absolve myself from that oh, but also, <laughs> please, yeah, please. also I, I'd like to point out that uh, the, opera, the views of Russell Wilson don't conform to my own yeah, um, yeah. but also um, I did slightly get um i was thinking of quade cooper who's who i was thinking uh, of earlier yeah. oh, right. and i i have slightly confused quade cooper and carlos spencer in my head so <laughs> carlos spencer is not rubbish although <laughs> and, and quade cooper has never played in the premiership yeah but, but, but other than that ben you've done brilliant yeah having said that I st- <laughs> i'd still rather have danny carter than than uh Carlos Spencer yeah, and definitely Quade Cooper. But mate, that that's like that is genuinely like saying, yeah, I'd rather have Maradona than than you know Keith Skill. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather have Dan Carter. Of course you would. You, for those of you that are really confused, um, this is a properly niche reference that probably only me and Doug will get because the other oh, people involved. The other people involved in this won't listen to this podcast. But when we were in the RAF together, we invented two footballers 
but called called Keith, Keith Skill and Jason Pissflap, and <laughs> I I can't even remember. I can't even remember how or why we invented these players. Well, it was Uncle but, Holmes that invented them. Wasn't us. Uh, well, we were we were involved in the. We were involved yeah. in but the Keith, Keith, creation. Keith's, <laughs> Keith Skill would usually be the person that would have run headfirst into a fight and then buried one f- from forty yards out, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, now no one is listening. After that, <laughs> my my friend, I had a friend uh, back when uh, Allardyce was at Bolton, and he said Allardyce. Yeah, his mental image of Bolton was just 11 players running in a sort of compact herd <laughs> around the pitch, all go, all chanting, Bolton, 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 Bolton. <laughs> like bees just chasing just around, around the hive. <laughs> Amazing. I don't like even really know where we are. badly programmed Commodore 64 <laughs> football game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember sensible soccer? That that was yeah. the type of the type of thing that would happen. No, mate, that. I'm hearing nothing bad about sensible soccer. Sensible world of soccer was incredible. Oh, that was amazing. On the Amiga 500, yeah, I think on the you, Amiga. Could, you could manage any team, couldn't you, in the world? Yeah. Border security in India. Was that your team? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Go for border security. Yeah. yeah. End up signing Alan Shearer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting absolute swaz on free kicks with your, jo- with, with your joystick, and you had to have to have your joystick on suction cups on the desk, and absolutely ripping it off. Could you get like, through like twenty joysticks a year, just swazzing it about into the top corner? Because then, at the same time you were playing that, you were you were you were peaking into masturbation, weren't you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you had quite a strong grip. <laughs> And then, and then to follow that up, there was a game. Do you remember? Do you remember the game Manchester United in Europe, which went from the end-to-end football, like sensible soccer and kickoff two, and then you had that Manchester oh, it United. Scrolled, didn't it? it scrolled yeah. right to yeah. left. And did it you have to um, music? It was horrible. Did you have to safely negotiate the airport as well? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, is this going to be one of those podcasts that we do and then go? We can't put that out. <laughs> It's going out, mate, whatever happens. Um, should we get back to rugby? Possibly. Just quickly. Let Ben, you watch the, the Bristol Gloucester game. <clears throat> How good were Bristol? How bad were Gloucester? Uh Bristol were good and and Gloucester were really bad. Reese Samet touched the ball once for the whole game. Um, which I find pretty incredible, really. Um and it wasn't like he's, he was he's probably being man marked by John Afoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible <laughs> shout. <laughs> just getting Pat Lamb on the whiteboard. Now, John. <laughs> just, just stand just stand in that five meter channel, John, because it's a long way round you. Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't notice it on the telly, but I expect if you're in the ground it probably was obvious. But um Yeah, whatever they did, it worked. Um they they were they were quite lateral at times and, and you know, went side to side, but whether that was you know, a deliberate tactic to tire out Gloucester a little bit because uh, they did. Oh, I've seen them do that several times. They yeah. they do shift it side to side, trying to just manipulate defenders into positions that they can exploit. Yeah, and and, try, and try I, and get I, forwards out of position against backs, and that is definitely a ploy they use. And I think Hughes is quite key to that because he's he's their one sort of 
dynamic heavy ball carrier so you know he was making a lot of ground um you know th- there was a lot of talk about you know him for england and whether it, whether he was a bit hard done by um but i think that the telling thing they said is pat lamb had said that he'd he'd almost sort of retrained him a little bit and, and and rearranged the side and they were almost building the side around him and i think i don't think jones wants to bring in another number eight that he has to completely restructure his side around because he's that side's very much structured to Biddy's strength, which is a lot closer in. Um, so whether that counts against him now and the fact that he didn't really do a great deal in, in his internationals, but he, he's playing really well at the moment for Bristol. Um, Randall's a nice little scrum half. We've said that before. And um, they were well-deserved winners. You know, Gloucester were outplayed. Did Gloucester look soft? Um. To be honest, they were winning a lot of collisions, but they hardly had the ball, to be honest. That was their main problem. And um, once they tired, they got picked off pretty regularly. Um, I, th- I think Gloucester lack a... Without Cipriani, without wanting to get on my knees in front of him too much, they lack a lot of creativity in that midfield when you've got... <clears throat> I know Owen Williams was on his return from injury, but... Simpson Simpson thrives on the quick ball and then the threat of Cipriani doing something with Owen Williams outside him and then Atkinson and Harris. As good as Atkinson has been, he's not a creator. He's a, you know, he's an honest, hardworking 12. And if you set your team up accordingly without, you know, without the threat of, of the magic that Cipriani can can give, then Har- um, Harris and Atkinson potentially could be quite easily easy to defend against because it's quite one-dimensional. Well, well, Atkinson's got that offloading game, hasn't he? Um, which he's very good at. But if you defend him in the way Bristol did and almost give up a little bit of extra ground, but get get close enough to stop the offload and maybe wrap him up a little bit more. That perhaps takes that out of the game. Um, but Bristol's pack got on top, you know, in the scrums and stuff. So, so, so Gloucester were not getting clean ball. And Gloucester were trying to really smash into the breakdown, but it didn't do them a lot of good. Um, you know, it was a real bad day at the office for him. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, again, with all those, those top Top three sides losing. Obviously, Sale Sale made some ground. Um, big win for Wasps yesterday. Cornish from Billy Searle starting. I think it's probably his first game of the season starting for Wasps. Um, and he's off to Worcester next season. Uh, they beat Worcester 30-26 with a, with a late Dan Robson try. Um, Duncan Weir. Are they, are they going to... Uh, Scotland going to draft Duncan Weir into the squad? I have already. They, have they? All oh, right. Well, it was news to me. Get Ramman in there in the uh, in the face of <clears throat> in the face of Finn Russell being ejected. But I'd imagine like, Scotland would play someone like Adam Hastings when they can attempt. You imagine, can you imagine if they play Laidlaw and Ramman? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right. At least Ramman, like he can't get served at the bar. So, <laughs> well, you're not going to say no to him. We'll just run through the bar. It's got the only ten out there wants. in the world that doesn't have a net. It's incredible. 
Um, but I, obviously, I didn't. Nobody saw too much of this game because it wasn't televised. And uh, but a good win for Wasps, nonetheless. But again, you know, Wasps have had a lot of um, doubters, a lot of uh, issues going on so far this season. If you say ring fencing, I'm hanging up. I'm not going to say ring fencing, but what I'm saying is there's no there's no consequences for any for any of them, is there? So well, you know, yeah, I mean, but we've been saying that like that that was an obvious consequence. But what are we supposed what are you supposed to do? Just say, oh yeah, cool. No, no, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, what are you supposed to in do? My opi- in my opinion, if they were going to relegate them, they should have done what they have done to Richmond and and to London Welsh and really relegated them, fucked them right off to London two to London two North. Fair enough. They could have you know. salary cap in, in that in that league. <laughs> See you in a bit. But, you know. Well, if you think about, I didn't want to go down this route, but I will. Rain, when Rangers got relegated out of the Scottish Premiership for their financial irregularities, exactly, they got tossed all the way down to the Scottish Division Three, and a lot of that was down to sort of tax avoidance and uh, not necessarily co-investments, but there was a lot of different, um, a lot of different schemes that were involved in that in that Rangers uh, scenario, which led to them being relegated all the way all the way down to to the lower leagues. So. You know, I think you know, to a certain extent, Saracens can can count themselves pretty lucky. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. And but what we will talk about is Harlequins versus Saracens today. Um, first of all, before the game itself, what was the what was the atmosphere around the stoop like, Doug? What was it? Was it was it a bit of booing? There was a, a young lad who'd spent four and a half seconds writing a sign saying we may... So it was a Harlequins, young Harlequins fan who'd ripped a cardboard box up. Not even <laughs> trimmed the edges. Do you know what I mean? Which is, which, is, up, which, is, which is rare for a... Did, did the Harlequins fan, you know, was, was his old, au pair not... No, no, it was a Fortnum and Mason cardboard box. Ah, right. But he just hadn't trimmed it up. Um, saying we may be jesters, but you're the joke. Which I Ooh. thought was quite nice. There's a bloke yeah. wearing wearing uh, a Salarysons uh, red baseball cap with 2016 to 2020 on it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, great so stuff. They, they put the they put uh, the effort in then, and they booed every time Saracen scored. Well, it's neither in or there. That is it. It's, it doesn't really matter booing when they score. It's kind of kind of a a non thing, I guess. That'll um, show those academy players, won't it? <laughs> well, I said, I said to Ben before we started recording, like that, you know, a glimpse of what Saracens could look like. So I met friend of the pod, James, at the stoop today. At the stoop, lovely. Yeah. And that was the first thing I said to him. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is what. It's, Not hello. This... <laughs> oh, okay, how yeah. are you? All right, all right, cheat. I didn't even say, all right, cheat. Just just walked up to him and went, so this is what Saracens would be like without the salary cap. What's it it like now that you've woken up from your dream and have started living the lie? Um, Basically, basically said to him, like, this is what rugby is like when you play by the rules. You know, You, uh, you end up with a shit team. Sometimes, (laughs) Sometimes, <laughs> um, and and he was like, yeah, it, it, and he was, you know, 
I think the funny thing about the Saracens band at the moment is when they like when that happens, you'll see it. They'll be all over Twitter. Oh, Harlequins were brilliant today. Congratulations to them. Look how look how lovely we all are. Yeah, you know we all know different. They're all scum. There, there are <laughs> there are a couple. There are, there have been a few Saracens fans that I've seen not not today, but in this week. And the first offence, and and I've in the uh, the short mall um, fancy rugby draft group that there is with Matt and there's Duncan Keane who listens, um, Ben Bacon from America, Eddie Stevens is in there, old uh, rugby ranter banter, and I give James a monumental amount of shit in that group, <laughs> like. He doesn't deserve any of the shit I give him, right? He so, doesn't because he's the nicest man. He's, in the whole he's world. such such a nice bloke, <laughs> but but I give him loads because on the flip side of that, there's um, at Shanghai Matt who is a, just a massive lummox by all accounts, um, but he just he Describe, comes back just for just for anyone out there that might not be aware of what a lummox is, just big and daft, just massive. <laughs> um, so. But I do give him loads and loads of shit, and and I've accused James of projecting onto Exeter quite a bit, and you know I I support yeah, there is I a lot Exeter, of that going on, and there is a lot of projection on or deflection, should I say, onto other teams? Like, oh, okay, well we've been caught, yeah, but you know how can they do it? And oh, it's all Tony Rowe's fault, and we must string Tony Rowe up by the bollocks. And if he wasn't the only one that complained, and Rob backs to this and exit to that, and I'm like. You know, just accept that your team has fucked it all up. Stop blaming Exeter. Exeter are probably the most vocal because they've lost a couple of finals and, you know, they feel a little bit hard done by. Not excusing that sort of type of behaviour from Roe and and that. But, you know, they didn't complete a fucking however many page dossier and hand it to PRL like Harlequins did. They just They've just been quite outspoken about their feelings. So what? Feelings are feelings. Let them get on with it. But don't deflect all of the shit that Saracens have done onto other clubs. It's just... Everybody's got to have feelings, man. We need to talk about them, most importantly. Well, we have done for hours on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a feelings podcast. I'm not a feelings man. No. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't just, own feelings. You just have a black void where your soul should be. Yeah. Which I'll will, which will come on to on my any other business. Um... Which I think might be a repeat of a previous one, but I, I want to say it anyway. Uh, yeah, but having said all all of that, um, how good were Harlequins today? That's the Harlequins side we've caught or Harlequins performance we've been expecting for for a little while. I mean, didn't they start? They start. Were you their first game of the season, and they put someone absolutely to the sword at the stoop? And I, I can't remember. Who, was that last year? Yeah. Um, and they've been through. I mean, Alex Dombrand in the first two minutes today. Well, he we won all that. need to. We all need to stop because we were all doing this about um, your Exeter man last year. I'm just saying. I'm not going to say. We're be all the... doing it about Don Armand. Yeah. And Eddie was like, "No, I'm not going to pick him, and I'll even spite myself so that I don't bow to media pressure." Yeah. Because that's what's happening with Dombrand. That that guy's never going to play for England. Not while Jones is in charge. I don't think. No. But he was he was exceptional today. Um, like I say, that that opening two minutes where he won the turnover, they did that little line out move, which was a lovely little move. But Saracens defended it horrifically, and 
he was just he was great all day. Danny Kerr had a good game, buzzing around. Still takes too long over the ball. Still chats too much shit. But the best bit of this whole game for me was Luke Pierce basically telling Jackson Ray he's a prick and telling him to fuck off. That was bait. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think Quinns might there. There might be an argument to say that Quinns have got a problem, a very distinct a, a problem with a very prominent player who when is he when he is present at Harlequins seems to project his attitude onto the squad right yeah um is is he a wand by any chance <laughs> he's an absolutely flapping wand <laughs> he, he's, he's like one of those joke ones yeah that, yeah that when you take it off the magician goes really floppy <laughs> totally, <yeah. laughs> but i think you i think everybody listening knows what we're talking about yeah there is a definite quinn's played with real aggressive intent from the first minute of the game and um never let up and I think had said Wand have been present, there may have been. Well, he would have. He would have done something stupid. Yeah, ill without without well. a shadow of a doubt, he would have done something just just to be centre of attention. He'd have been a dick about something. Um, I think. Uh, I, and I Sinclair's going. Yeah, he's going to Bristol, isn't he? Apparently, apparently, apparently so. Um, I, I think. I think there's a problem. I think he's a problem. He's, he, I think he may very well be the root of the problems at that club. <clears throat> really interesting. I just hate the way he pulls our stupid eyebrow face. I, I just don't like him. I don't like him one iota. And the sooner he retires, the better for me. Although he'll probably find himself on television lots then as well. And... I hope not. Yeah. You're... <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll probably be seeing him more than most. Um the way Lawrence Delalio and Hugo Monia referred to, referred to Paul Asiki as a bowling ball, literally every single time he got the ball, I thought was incredible. Human human bowling ball, the bowling ball Paul Asiki, the American bowling ball. <laughs> the only thing that looks like a bowling ball about him is his head. Is his head, exactly right. He is a big... He's even got three ball. holes in it. <laughs> Weird thing is one of them's at the back. Um, and uh, Caden Murley, who I thought was was excellent on the day, scored a couple of really nice tries. Um, but Quinn's, you know, they've when you look at their their options, you know, Tom Lauday, who's been one of their best players this season, is injured and out, and you know, James Chisholm, who is basically Sean Dyche, is uh, stepping up now as well. He's been playing number eight quite a bit, but he played six there, and he adds a bit of feistiness about him without you know without being too much of a a belter but I, I like the i like what quins have got to offer and i think given a bit of time with some of those youngsters they might be able to do something but they need they need a little bit more create creativity outside of marcus smith i think because he can't be relied upon it to do it himself on his own every week and he was excellent today and and put in a man on match performance um, ben, have you got anything you want to add about Quinns and Saracens? 
Uh, no, not really, mate. I, I didn't see this one. I was, uh, I was not <laughs> no, in. So, no, I don't. Sorry, go on, Ben. I, I, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll defer to you two on this one. Just, the um, the Saracen side, mate, if they lose those England players, or even a few of those England players, they're going to be... Well, they're just going to be another team, aren't they? You know. They are. But interestingly, you know, they've they've lost those England players before and not suffered as hard. And whether it's a hangover for all of the stuff that's gone on and, you know, there is lots going on. Those guys that played today, I mean, Brad Barrett pulled out just before the game, didn't he? And I didn't think that the, the guy who came in, um, Dom, somebody, Dom Morris... Uh, I don't think he he didn't have a bad game, but he, you know, he's he's not going to get in as a starting centre in any of the other teams in the Premiership, is he? Whereas previously, you know, the players that come in for Saracens, the youngsters, the the people they've got coming through, were always, you know, seem to be a bit of a cut of a cut above. I mean, I would say I've seen him play before, and he's he's a pretty decent player, but I mean, you know, you. You're coming down from the likes of Barrett and Tompkins, and you know it's it is a lot different. Um, is is that side what's what they're going to end up playing in the championship, or you know it it looked it it looked like even for what they might end up playing in the championship up front. Um, you know there's a lot of youngsters there. Um, just depends. We don't know what's going to happen, do we? No, I will say as well. Jack Singleton was terrible today. Well, so was um, Walson Croft. He carried okay when he came on, but the Saracens lineup in general was appalling at best. Um, but, you know, Hunter Hill, um, I mean, Vincent Cock played. I wouldn't have even known he was on the pitch. Yeah. I, I, I can barely remember him being on the pitch. And it wasn't we... until. I was just... Sorry, go on. I was go just going to say. Go. Should we talk about that Jackson Ray thing? Yeah, let's talk about what, it. What... So, Ben, do you know what happened? Yeah, I've just seen the clip on um, Twitter. What do you reckon? Ref's in charge. Do what he wants. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. With yeah. If he's being that much of a knobhead that the referee refuses to deal with him, surely there should be... A sanction? Other... Yeah. Yeah, and it was his team that had the penalty. Yeah, I mean, for me, that should be a team... The whole team should be put on notice that the next person that speaks to me is off well even... would, would, it was wasn't it in the last two minutes yeah so it's possible that that was the deal but you know two minutes in it's unlikely anything's gonna happen i, I don't know it's happened someone someone said on twitter it's happened in another game already this season really northampton somewhere northampton yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah with um yeah yeah with, with uh, Waller. Waller. yeah i mean for me having watched it live I thought, I mean, I've criticised Luke Pearce a little bit this season. Um, I thought he handled it brilliantly because he got both, he, he tried to talk to Jackson Ray. Jackson Ray kept interrupting him. Then he walked away and he was trying to get both captains together to say, listen, there's two minutes left. Just sort everybody out. Let's get through it and we'll all, we'll all get off the pitch happy. And Jackson Ray just kept chipping away. And as if to say, you know, mate, just fuck off. We'll get somebody else in. I'll deal with you now for the last two minutes. And he picked Manu Vunapola. I don't know why, whether he was the closest, maybe because he was playing 10 and it was easy access or, or whatever. But 
I actually thought it was excellent refereeing. And like you say, Ben, he's in charge. He doesn't want to deal with the captain anymore. I'm not dealing with you because you're, you're being a bell. You know, you haven't quite done enough. You've not been abusive. You're not, you, you're just being awkward. You haven't done enough to earn a sanction, a reverse order penalty or whatever. You're just annoying me. So I don't want to deal with you. I'm going to deal with you. Yeah, it was, I, I only saw the very quick clip. Was it? It struck me it was almost that he was not interacting with Rob Shaw either. It, it was like Ray was just more interested in chipping at Rob Shaw than he was listening to the ref. Well, and it was both. almost like it, it started before. It started yeah. like 10, 15 seconds before yeah. that. Yeah. But it was almost like he was like, right, you're not listening. Clear off and I'll get someone sensible in. So, uh, what I don't agree with is the people I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and, um, JB was was quite vocal in in saying, well, that's disrespectful. Um, there was a guy who tweets something from from Newcastle, a Mark Smith, who, uh, media manager at Newcastle Falcons, who basically said, um, "How can he tell Saracens who the captain is?" Well, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, "You're the captain now. I'm going to deal with you in that context, not mm. you're the captain of Saracens." Yeah, which is a very sort of, and he he just he got on a several threads, got into it with people about it, and I'm like, you know, why why are you being such a dick? It's just a bit weird. You know, I think Luke Pierce dealt with it perfectly. Doug, what 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 are your what do you think about it? I I think it should be like a, like I said. A, if Jackson Ray was being that disrespectful that the referee didn't want to deal with him, he should have been sent off. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think he was he was doing anything necessarily bad for that to happen. He was just being irritating and not, you know, he's supposed to be the captain. He's supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the the conduit between the referee and his team. But every when Luke Pierce was trying to deal with him, he was just being a bit of a dickhead. So, so he's just saying, go away. Captain, but as captain, he should he should know better. He should, absolutely should know better. Absolutely, and you know maybe he's frustrated or what. But that, you know, obviously that's not an excuse. But it's I don't see a problem with it. You know he was being a dickhead. He got told to walk away. Somebody else was coming in, and that's it. You know, Fair enough. It's just it's just a referee thing, isn't it? And I'll I take think. It. And I tell you what, right. If Wayne Barnes had done that, everybody would be going, oh, what a great referee. <laughs> that was so Gervais what you just did. <laughs> that, But that's what would happen, mate. I promise you, if Wayne Barnes had done that to Jackson Ray, everybody would be You're have right. their mouth full of You are right. Yeah. Yeah. And I that's agree. the bottom line. Imagine if Nige did it. Well, oh. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, absolutely. So, and that to me, that to me, I think was a bigger problem for most, for a lot of people, the fact that Luke Pierce did it and nobody expected it to come from him mm-hmm. and fair, fair play. is what I, what I think. Great. Um, cool. Right. Well, six nations next week. That's decent, isn't it? Doug, you're in, uh, in Cardiff for the Wales match. Looking forward to that. Yeah. We all know, uh, who are they playing? Is it Wales Island first up? I don't even know what the fixtures are. It's good, good, isn't it? Wales, Italy. Wales, Italy. All the big ones, mate. All the big ones. <laughs> just get wheeled out for the big ones. <laughs> Where were you? Be caught like in the corner cam again? Yeah, you love, you love that try line. 
in the try line yeah. cam. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ireland, Scotland, and if even then England play France next Sunday in Paris, which so will be a, which will be a belter. So, so here's a question: Is Ireland, Scotland going to be a good game or not? Do we do we even know? Because we we don't really know what Ireland are going to be like because everything's changed and. Scotland haven't got their best player, so. Um, let me. Let, I. I. You say everything's changed at Ireland. I'd be willing to bet a pound to a pinch of shit that absolutely nothing has changed at Ireland under Andy Farrell. I think it will just be a continuation of the Joe Smith era. He worked under Joe Schmidt. Natural progression. I don't think much will change at all, if anything. Um, and Scotland won't have. Finn Russell, so they'll probably play Adam Hastings at 10, I'd imagine. And in Ireland, I'd imagine they'd take a bit of a pasting. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, yes. I think you're probably right. Uh, because just, you know, the way we know Scotland, you know, Scotland are, I think Ireland will be too too strong for them. But it's just, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting to watch, I think. The, the bigger changes will come from Wales, but we won't necessarily see that too much next Saturday. It'll be the following weeks where we'll see what Pivak's trying to do with Wales. I think they'll they'll dispatch Italy comfortable next weekend, and then uh, and then we'll see what they're really about a bit later in the tournament. I think because I think they play Ireland the week after, and then we'll see see what happens. Um, right. Any other business? We've we've gone on for about an hour. Doug, you got any other business for this evening? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but it's just flown out of my head. We'll come back to you then. So, yeah, Ben. Um. No. Okay, mate. No, not really. No. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, mine. Mine was uh, series fourteen of Always Sunny in Philadelphia was uh, released this week, and it's bloody brilliant what is that it's always sunny it's always sunny in philadelphia it's a um a sitcom that's been running in a in the states for 14 seasons danny devito in it um hijinks ensue it is one of the most consistently funny programs i've ever watched if you haven't if you haven't seen it just you it it's a bit like a live action simpsons <laughs> in that nothing ever changes like there's been 14 years of this program and nothing like their their lives don't progress that like every every episode's a bottle episode it just there's no overarching story behind anything it is literally just 25 minutes of stupidness and then everyone gets up and does it again the next day sounds it's, good it's brilliant just just watch it i have got one russ go on it mate I, there's a thing I don't get. It's um, this 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 Swedish girl Greta. Oh yeah, Sharon. So, so you, you all you hear about sixteen year olds is they don't care about anything. They don't take an interest in anything. They're just playing computer games. And then you get someone like that who does take an interest in something that's fairly selfless cause. You know, it's not about herself and does it all in a second language. And then all you hear is, well, that miserable cow can't tell me what to drive. <laughs> um, so I, lo- I love that this is your any other business almost a year and a half after the event. 
Hashtag late review. No, some, someone, <laughs> someone was having, just made it to Cornwall. So, someone was having a right kickoff about her today on Twitter. And I'm like, well... What have you, you ever done? She's yeah. thrown a kettle over a pub. Exactly. <laughs> I just I just feel a bit bad. Like, you, you might not agree with her, but you uh, you got to admire her. Well, maybe. Sure. It's, it's not for me, mate. Um, two things. Not for me. Teenagers <laughs> taking an interest. Teenagers, yeah. <laughs> How dare they? Fucking millennials. Right. Uh, um, Kobe Bryant has died, which is incredible news uh, unfortunately tragically has died in a helicopter crash this evening in los angeles or today in los angeles with his 13 year old daughter on board as well which is absolutely um horrific and tragic and one of the greatest sportsmen i would say you know i don't follow basketball much um but he was one of the best to ever play basketball you know, for the people that do, I think would probably be inclined to agree with that. Yeah. Um, and right, just right up there with Carlos Spencer. <laughs> and uh. just some, just some incredible, incredibly sad news. But before that, I'd, I'd planned my any other business to be slightly more frivolous than that. Can which... I just say it is it is ludicrous the amount of sports people and famous people and people with loads of money that have died in light aircraft and helicopter crashes. Do yeah. You know what? If you made a shit ton of bunts and you've only been retired a couple of years, just stay out of the helicopters for a while. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Do just that. do that. Just fly, get someone to drive you. Fly it's commercially. Fine. Fly commercially. Yeah. Get a Learjet. Yeah. You don't fly see up, many yeah. see many Learjets going down, do you? Yeah. <clears throat> um, but anyway. On a bus. <clears throat> my, my frivolous any other business. It, it, this may shock you. I'm not much of a sort of people type person, especially for people that I don't really know. Um. And when I go to a shop or a restaurant or somewhere where someone is is providing service that I happen to be paying for, um, I don't want small talk and chit chat. I don't want them right. to ask me how my day's been. Yeah. I don't want None them to business. ask. I don't want them to ask me uh, what I'm doing for the rest of the day because I'm not going to tell you. I don't want you to, you know, say, oh, have you got any nice plans coming up, any holiday? You know, I don't want to engage in that level of conversation with you. You are serving me my food in the supermarket or my in the restaurant or wherever it may be. You are literally putting my stuff on a conveyor belt and scanning it. And I'm, I use that as, a, as an example. And it happened today. And, and if if you are that sort of person that wants to make conversation because I know, you know, there, you know, some elderly people go to the supermarket and they enjoy that type of interaction and that's fine. Right. I get that. But if you try and make conversation with people and they literally just give you one word answers, just leave it there, mate. Just leave it there. Don't, 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 don't force it. Don't pursue it. Just leave Barbers it. Barbers right? are the worst. Cause I don't uh, want to talk to you. Know. <laughs> true, yeah. you're, you're a prick um yeah it's bloody hours for me to cut my hair get my hair cut they won't blood they just won't stop what do you think about that what do you think about that man united situation i don't I, I don't care mate cut my hair yeah cut my hair as quickly as humanly possible yeah. to the best of your ability and then we don't can even care if you fuck it up leave. mate just cut it we can just both leave and and that's fine and you might get customers that like to have a chat you know and and they will let that be known because they will answer your questions with proper answers rather than yeah 
Nothing. Just and and the minute that you give back a one word answer, you should have a sign like when I take the dogs for a walk. There are you can get different sort of coloured coats for your dogs or like collars for your dogs that says you know red do not approach dog very nervous or is angry or whatever or yellow which says the dog is you know really friendly and wants to be petted and will see other dogs and all that sort of stuff they should do that sort of stuff for humans they just like you just wear a little badge that just says don't they talk do that to for me dogs because a dog can't go stay away from me i'm an angry cunt yeah but, <laughs> exactly <laughs> but maybe i should maybe should we, we should have those sorts of badges for humans it just says don't talk to me if I don't want to talk to you, unless I know you, don't talk to me, and that's it. Totally agree. Um, on that, on that note, um, I've had enough of talking to you two. So, uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> thanks very much, as always, for your company. It's been a pleasure. Next week, we'll have some Six Nations to talk about. There's a chance. Well, there's more than a chance that me and Doug will be recording this podcast in the same room, which will be weird. I don't know how we'll do that. Um, but we probably will. Uh, yeah, mate, we'll get to watch the Sunday game. Which Sunday game? Is there a Sunday game in the Six well, Nations? It's, it's, in, it's in, next weekend. Is England France, mate, on the Sunday? But it's a yeah. three o'clock. It's a three o'clock kickoff. Okay, so, I'm here for that then. Why I can't. Come I, I can't do that, mate. Why because, not, mate? Because I'll be strung up by my bollocks, mate. <laughs> Who cares? You've been married to her for years. What's she gonna do? Leave you? Uh, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> we can but dream <laughs> uh yeah so we'll we'll see what happens but then obviously whether it's next sunday night before the super bowl before all those i could do mate, friends what, come what i could do for you why don't we sky plus the games and then we can watch them and then you know but but i'll, I'll find it hard to avoid the score this is well, why don't you listen on. why don't you listen to a good murder on the way up oh do, <laughs> he's just do, gonna love... put somebody in the back here mate <laughs> Couldn't help us out, could you? I've got, I've got to avoid the England game. Can you murder this fella well, I, I found I do, on the A46? I, I do think that the case file podcast will be back next week. So yeah, I will do that, and I will, yeah. I will stay away from all forms of media. So I'll watch it when I get to your house yeah, pre Super Bowl because Super Bowl is not going to. There is absolutely not a prayer that you're going to get here and not know the score. I, I, I will try my best because <laughs> I bet you drive along looking at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> doing, 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 a t- doing a ton on the M4 doing a steady ton 70 tops <laughs> yeah it's been my car's been reviewed by Top Gear magazine so uh, <laughs> uh, um, and yeah and then we're going to watch it's overtaking laboured at best um, then we're going to watch the Super Bowl which is in Miami so I guess it's going to be like a 1 o'clock start something like that 11 yeah, o'clock and you, you're going to meet uh, an old school pal of mine Neil he's going to be here as well I'm sure the listeners are intrigued by this. And then we're going to play golf, and I'm going to take Doug's Well, money. you're not, because your, your handicap's what? 16. Four. 16, is it? Fuck, 16. <laughs> I, so, me, me, 47 stable foot points, and you're yeah. telling me your handicap's 16. <laughs> we Absolute did score, clown, mate. We did score 47 points yesterday. That was a joke. Absolute jokes. Anyway, um, enjoy your weeks. Enjoy the Six Nations. It's back. Uh, hopefully it'll be a cracking weekend and we will catch up with you all very soon go well sports social podcast network 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.